Good morning and happy Father's Day. I'm the, probably the third person that said that today from the stage, but I don't think we can say it enough. Happy Father's Day. For those of you who join us online, thank you so much for connecting with us whenever or however you're watching us today. Happy Father's Day. And we know we don't believe in random acts. There is a purpose for you to be in this room. There is a purpose that you're connecting with us today. And uh, we know that God will speak to you, and maybe he already has been. And uh, so welcome today. We're in a series this summer called the Summer Psalms. And we are going through the book of Psalms, not every uh, 150 of them, but we're going through several of the Psalms over the weeks of the summer. And we believe that uh, God can speak to us through that, and uh, it can be very helpful to us. And what we've learned over the past couple weeks is that the Psalms are essentially a prayer book for God's people, especially written for the Hebrew people over the history of the Hebrew people. There's over 150 songs, poems, hymns that uh, were written. Uh, Many times you think, well, David wrote them all. Well, he didn't write them all. He wrote 73 of the 150 and various authors. There was Asaph. There was the sons of Korah. And over a third of them are uh, anonymous. But many of these were written for the choir at the temple to be sung. But it's not just a collection of a hymn book. It is a prayer book to look to God no matter what you face. The Psalms can be an incredible place to go as a heart prayer to connect to God even when we don't know what to do. And today we're going to look at Psalm 18. Psalm 18. Anybody need some strength right now? Anybody feeling like they need some strength right now? You're watching online. I'm telling you, I believe this psalm, we can gain strength from it today. It's a strength-building psalm. I'm also going to warn you, it's, it, it's a long psalm. It's, there's only, it's the fourth longest psalm in the book. So I warned the worship team already, uh, 50 verses, uh, be about 2.33 o'clock before we're done. So uh, you're going to get your money's worth online today, and no, I'm just kidding. Um, but this psalm is definitely what you would call a praise psalm. You know, there are lament psalms, just a heartbroken psalm. There, there are those meditative psalms, and then, but this is a praise psalm. And it's a very special psalm in that you can find it two places in the Bible. Anytime you see something repeated or you see something twice in the Bible, you need to pay attention and say, okay, this is a special psalm. We not only find it here in Psalm 18, we also find it in 2 Samuel chapter 22. And uh, you see, Samuel has two books. 1 Samuel is the life uh, before David became king of Israel. Second Samuel is the history of David as king of Israel. And chapter 22, David goes back and repeats this song. He sings this song again as an old man looking back over his life. This is his life story. This is his theology. David writes this psalm when he's a young man, when he's faced probably the hardest 13 years of his life. He has just come out of some of the most difficult times in his life. And 2 Samuel, he's an old man looking back over his life. Remember, this is a prayer book that was compiled to be used by God's people throughout their history to rebuild their faith, to re-energize their faith. And like I told you today, I think if we dial into this today, we can strengthen our faith. So who is this written to? Well, 
usually every psalm will have a heading and it kind of gives you a descriptive of who it's written to. This particular psalm, Psalm 18, the first thing you'll see is for the director of music by the Lord's servant David. So it says who it's to and it says who it's from. David sang this song to the Lord when the Lord had saved him from Saul and all his other enemies. So this song, really, who is the director of music? Well, some might mean that this a choir director, but my take is he was writing this to God. God is the ultimate director of music because you're going to hear this cry coming out of David to God. And the song is written as a declaration, if you will, of what God has done for him, saving him from those who would try to destroy him. This song has been sung for thousands of years. You might, as we read through and as, we, as you're looking through the verses right now, you might, oh, well, there's a worship song. Oh, I've heard that line before because over the thousands of years, we've been using and picking things out of this psalm and singing them back to God. But I would say, let me just start with a big idea. Anytime you're looking at a 50-verse psalm and something this wide, we need a big idea today. So here's what you need to hear right when we're going in. First of all, the strength that you need today will come from a relentless love, a sound or robust theology, and an unfaltering gratitude. The strength you need today is going to come from a relentless love, a sound, a good theology, and an unfaltering gratitude. So let's jump right into the psalm. And I just want to start with the first phrase. The first phrase, four words, I love you, Lord. Or if you're reading out of the King James, it might say this, I will love you, Lord. Oh, Lord, my strength. Now, this is just the beginning, but it's a declaration. Right up front, David wants you to know what's going on. I will love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. That word love, it's interesting. It's an interesting Hebrew word. It's only used one time in the Old Testament, and it's used right here. I failed to really find an English equivalent to be able to describe this type of love that he is referring to here. And there might not be words to describe it, but there is feelings to describe it. So let me just describe it like this. A lot of times your mom will say, I love you, I love you. And today is Father's Day. Picture, if you will, I don't care the relationship maybe you have with your father in the past or now, but imagine your father or your grandfather comes and puts his hands on your shoulders and looks you in the eye and say, I love you, and I want you to know that. Boy, do you feel that? Some of you would love to have heard that. That's, that's a feeling. I don't know. I'm not discounting a mother's love, but moms tell us they love us a lot. But to have your father look you in the eye and say, I love you, there's just emotion to it. So that's where David, it's almost like a, it's a defiant declaration. Despite my feelings, despite my circumstances, I will love you, Lord. It's a powerful statement. Despite what I see around me or the circumstances, or the things that I don't understand. In the face of whatever's going on in my world, the economy, the government, my family, the status of my relationships. Listen, I declare my love for God. What is that? It's a relentless love he's talking about here. This is love with grit. That word is coming out a lot. I see it around. I've seen it on billboards, and, and it's, it's love with grit. 
It's, it's, it's a determination kind of a love. This, it's a love with resolve. And if you see this, David's love, it's a stubborn refusal to quit kind of love. And that's, that's why I call it a, a, a relentless kind of love because David had every reason to give up. David faced in his life, he's just come out of the most incredible 13-year period of his life. He was anointed the king of Israel and then he was on the run and he lost so much. He lost his home. He lost many of his family. He lost his comforts. He lost his country. He lost his ability to move around freely. I mean, this was an incredible time. He lost so much, his reputation. And David had to face things that you and I probably, in comparison, will not have to face. But he is not living in a vacuum. We talked about that last week. These psalms are not written in a vacuum of somebody sitting on the front pew of a church saying, you know, I'm going to write a song to Jesus. I mean, these are out of real life. And it's been hard, but yet his words are, I will love you, Lord. And isn't it interesting, some of his last words on this planet as he looks back over his life, I will love you. Love you, Lord. But what did he base that on? We're going to see that in the following verses, we're going to see what's going on, and we're going to see that he has this strong and robust, if you will, theology. This psalm reveals David's theology. Let, let me ask you Did you know that you have a theology? It's not just for pastors or seminarians or theologians, but I don't know if anybody's coming and say, what's your theology? You might not get that question, but you have a theology. What is theology is simply what you believe about God. That's theology. If I met you for coffee and I asked you, tell me about your theology, you would say, well, this is what I believe about God. And this is what David does here. His theology says this in the next verses. I will love you, Lord, because you are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. Now remember, this is poetry. He's painting a canvas, if you will. He's, he's painting a picture of what he believes in his heart about God. It's not a dictionary for doctrine here, but he is painting a picture of what he knows about God. And he gives this, this perception of God. And I want to share you a couple things that David believed, his theology, the things he believed about God. First of all, he believed that God knows. That God knows. God knew him paying attention to what was going on in his heart. You know, George Fox, a few years ago, had this campaign that they had on billboards all over, and it said, be known. It was a concept they were trying to get across at that university to their students, that if you come into this place, you're not just going to be a number, you're not just going to be a, a dollar amount, you're going to be known. There's something to be said about being known, knowing who you are, and he believed that God knew him. But look, not just that God knows him, it doesn't stop there. Not only is he known, but that God cares. You can know that God is a divine being, and that is all knowing, but have you ever heard this? Like, they always say, you know, God knows the very hairs on your head, right? 
God counts the very hairs on your head. For some of us, that's a little shorter uh, time. Uh, and for some of you, it's a little more impressive than others. Like, wow, that's, that's a lot of hair on your face and head. But, uh, you know, God knows. And he's, uh, there's not a bird that falls from the sky that God doesn't know about. There's, there, you know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God knows it. He knows the past. He knows the future. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but yeah, 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 that's all fine and good. And that's kind of like the answer to a trivia question. It's not a supercomputer systematic knowledge of your life and God's got all the data on your life. God knows and he cares about you. David was able to write this in Psalm 56, 8. Check this out. And David says this, you keep track of all my sorrows. You collect my tears in a bottle. Wow. That's caring. He doesn't just say, hey, I know how many hairs are on your head. I know when a bird falls. No, no, no. God is paying such close attention to your life that he's actually collecting. Can you imagine how many tears you've cried in your life? Some of you are a little bit younger. Just wait. Unfortunately, this world and this life will give you reasons to shed a few tears. Some of you old men, you think your ducks are plugged, but I'm telling you, there are tears. Think about that. Some of you old Jim Croce fans, somebody, if I could save time in a bottle, that doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm telling you what, if you're collecting my tears in a bottle, that means not only does God know me, but he cares. He cares deeply. He counts our tears, this knowledge of me. And not only that, not only does he know, and not only does he care, but he takes an active part in my life. Do you know that God is going to take an active part in your life? He's actively involved in your world, blessing and covering and protecting. I believe when we get to heaven and, and, and we truly know, God knows you, but then the Bible says we will, we will know, be fully known, and we will know, and a cloud will be lifted, and we're going to be able to see clearly, we're going to be able to see how many times God was active in our lives and we might not even have known it. He's shielding. He's strengthening. That's what David said. You're my rock I hide behind. You are, you're my guard. You're, you're, you're keeping me. There's another popular theology today. It's actually been around for thousands of years. It's called deism. Deism. Many of the founders of our country, unfortunately, were deists. They believe that God Almighty created the world, the universe, the people, and then spun the earth into action and then stepped back and say, well, let's just see how this turns out. I almost became a deist the last couple of years, I'm telling you. Just like, wow, no, not really. David was no deist. He knew God was active in his life. He saw his fingerprints all over his life, all the way through. Isn't it interesting? Even the difficult times, even when he was on the run, even when people weren't there when they should have been, even when he was giving him occasion to collect tears in the bottle, he could see his fingerprints all over his life. That's why he has this strong theology. David has a theology. That's why he could say, I will love you, Lord. Can I just get up into your life a little bit right now? Do you mind? Um, don't turn it off, but I'm just asking you, what's your theology? You have one, but what is it? 
And you know, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. Did you know that? What you think about God is the most important thing about you. And I didn't make that up. That's A.W. Tozer that says this. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. My question to you today, and I hope this is not too personal, but are you going to continue to allow your pain to define God? Are you going to allow someone else to tell you what you should believe about God? Are you going to live off grandma's faith or your parents' faith or your favorite podcast or the YouTube guy that, boy, he sounds like he really knows what he's talking about or that enlightened professor who wants to challenge you what you believe about the Bible? That sounds like truth to me. No, I'm telling you, that's your theology. Well, Dave, I have questions. You might say, well, I've got got questions. Good, you should have questions. Questions aren't the problem. Ask your questions. You know what? It's okay to have doubts. There are things in the Christian life that will make you doubt, but I'm telling you, don't stop there. Find someone, talk it through, work it through. If you don't know somebody to talk to, come to myself, Pastor Clint, different. We want to, we'll get you to someone. If we're not smart enough, and that could be, we'll get you to someone that can give you some sound teaching and we can point you in the right direction. If somebody, if you go to somebody and say, and they say, hey, no, 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 don't, don't question that. You're not supposed to question that. That's the wrong person. Because let me tell you what, David went through some stuff and it made his theology robust. Life is too hard and these days we live in are too extreme and culture is too crazy to go through life with a lame theology. I almost titled the message today, Lame Theology. I might have got a few more clicks. <laughs> right? It's no time to have lazy theology. Some of us just like, hey, who's teaching this? What? And it's no time to have lame theology because what you think about God is the most important thing about you. David knew this. So let, let, let's review a little bit. David has a song for us. He crafts a poem. He paints a picture in Psalm 18, and he recounts his strength was built in the toughest parts of his life. And he had tough parts of his life, believe me. But he was able to say, he was able to declare, I will love you, Lord. He had this gritty, relentless kind of love, and he squared away in his brain what he believed about God. He had a theology that could stand, but there's one more practice that David engaged in, and we're going to see this throughout the rest of the chapter, and it was something that he practiced. It was kind of like the glue that held him together. It was the thing that kind of, the only picture I can paint, maybe it was a scaffolding he built around him that kind of held everything together, because sometimes we crumble on the inside, and we need some glue to hold us together to allow our faith to catch up to where we need to be. And he's kind of holding them up. And David gave himself over to gratitude, or what I would like to say, an unfaltering gratitude. The strength you desperately need today is going to come from a relentless love, a sound theology, but an unfaltering gratitude. You know, Sometimes we just don't do well with yesterday. And I'm not talking about living in the past. But I'm always looking about what's ahead, what's ahead, what's ahead, what's ahead. And I'm always focused out there. And sometimes I forget to really look back and notice what God did for me then. 
I look back with gratitude to say, wait a minute, last week I talked about all we have is hindsight. There's a great worship song that I love. It says, if God did it for me then, he can do it for me now. We're looking back on hindsight. And what we see is David's telling himself a story of God's faithfulness as he's looking back over his life and saying, oh, man, God was there and God was there. Oh, man, God was there. And I see his fingerprints here. And it comes out in gratitude. Let me tell you, as a pastor, I'm, I'm always looking ahead, trying to think about. But the problem is sometimes I'm worried about what we can do or what we can't do. I get tied up in what we don't have the funds to fund <laughs> and, and, and maybe the leadership to get there. And I'm just like, Ugh. but you know what? Sometimes I have to just, and I try to, try to do this every Sunday, at least as I'm praying, I begin to get very practical. And as I begin to talk to God as God, my provider, Jehovah Jireh is his name. I look back and I say, God, you can provide because you provided for that chair right there. I remember one time we were raising money to buy these chairs. And guess what? We've got chairs. He provided those chairs. He provided this carpet. He provided the technology and our ability to be able to reach out to you on a digital platform. And I just start saying, okay, God, thank you for that. And thank you for that. And thank you for that. And somehow I get a little bit encouraged. Say, well, if you could do it then, he can do it now. It's gratitude. Okay, God, if you could do it then. And David tells himself a story. And I just want to read to you. We're not going to read this whole thing. I know you're like, you've spent a lot of time in the first four verses. We're, we are in definite trouble here. Uh, this Father's Day, pack a lunch. No, here's the deal. I'm going to read through, not all, but a lot of it. It's not going to be on the screen. Ooh, you might have to open your Bible. Open your Bible to Psalm 18. Open your app, your favorite Bible app to Psalm 18. And we're going to read through. I just, I just want you to listen to this. Just 30 verses or so of this. This is David's. This is David's heart. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help, and he heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears, and then the earth quaked and trembled. Remember, this is poetry now. The foundations of the mountain shook. They, they, they quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured fro forth from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiled his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him, and it rained down hail and burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and the burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed, and they were confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from 
my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at the moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence And to the faithful, you show yourself faithful. And those with integrity, you show integrity. And to the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord, my God, lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all those to him who look to him for protection. For who is a God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? I want to stop there. What is he saying? He is remembering how God has been there. David poetically He goes back and he looks backward with gratitude. He looks over his life. He does it as a younger man when he just finished one of the hardest seasons of his life. And at the end of his life, he comes back and says, how can I just describe how I'm feeling about my life? Oh, I remember that song that I wrote, the song that just said, I will love you, Lord. And he begins to quote it as the last words he speaks on earth. A lot about his enemies, but let me ask you, who are your enemies? Were you thinking about them as I was reading that? Is it a person? Is it a family member? Is it an employer? Is it an illness? Is it that, is it that, uh, that diagnosis that you're still really angry about? Is that your enemy? Is it a personal demon that you just can't seem to rebound from? We must look back and see where God was there and there and there so that we can be ready for what comes next. How many of you know that if we've learned anything about the last year and a half, it's this. We might not see stuff coming. And it can change awful quickly. And we have to learn this. Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. And if you really think something's going to happen, just stand back. It might not. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic. That's the day we live in. But I'm telling you, and I'm not trying to trivialize because some of you in this season have lost people that you love. Some of you have lost or changed jobs. Some of you, it's been a home. Some of you, it's just been money. For some of you, it's been precious time. For some of us, all we've lost or the most thing we've lost is just our patience. But I've got to look back with unfaltering gratitude to say, yeah, God, can I just be honest enough? And in my theology, I know who you are, but this stinks right now. I don't like this right now, but I look back and say, wait a minute. Uh, he, he helped me buy that chair right there. And, and he helped us get this carpet right here. And when we didn't think we had 
the stuff to go online. He provided people. And I'm talking about practical church things. But I think if you begin to look at your life, you look back and say, well, God, I can see that you were there and you were here and you're going to help me. And even when I'm on my greatest pain, some of you can tell me a story about a peace that passed understanding. Unfaltering gratitude. Here, I've heard this. Gratitude makes what I have into enough. I like that. Some of you need to tattoo that on your Facebook. Uh, <laughs> gratitude <laughs> makes what I have into enough. Strength you need today is going to come from a relentless love, a strong, robust theology, and an unfaltering gratitude. So let's wrap up this today. Let's wrap up this very long, fourth longest psalm in the Psalms. Let's wrap this up by reading just a couple more verses and finish it today. Verse 32, God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. Down to verse 46. Here's how he ends it. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He subdues nations under me. He rescues me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises in your name. You give great victory to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. Here's what I know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen this next year. Captain Obvious. Shoot, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm telling you what. I don't even know what's going to happen when I drive out of this parking lot today. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad. I don't know if it's going to be trouble. I don't know if it's going to be some of the greatest news I've ever received in my life. But no matter what I face, let me just tell you right now, I will love God. It's my theology. I will love God. I look back, just like you can today. You look back over your, your life and you see, man, he knows. <laughs> he cares. And he hasn't wound up this top of a world and just let it go. He is actively involved in my everyday life, even when I don't see it. Like David, I can believe it's my theology. It's my theology. Let's pray today. 
Jesus. Thank you, God, that I can read through the Psalms and I can read them through verse by verse. And a lot of times, man, they just sound like a lot of words. But then when I dial beneath the surface a little bit, when I start thinking about the man who penned these words and the feelings and the emotions in his life and the way he was able to communicate who you are. God, I see his incredible love. I see his strong belief in who God is. And I'm just amazed that after all he went through, the gratitude he's able to still muster up in his life by looking back and seeing you there and there and there and there. And God, we want to do the same. Your word is like a mirror, and we want to reflect it back onto our life. I pray for those that are watching today that you would connect with them in a very personal way right now. Those in the room, would you just begin to talk to God right now? Maybe you've had the trials. Maybe you know who God is, but it's been a while since you've just been back, looked back with gratefulness. Maybe you just need to dial into, man, gratefulness turns what I have into enough. Maybe you need to look at not what I've lost, not what's not happening, not what's not going. Here's what I have. I'm grateful for that. Maybe that's just your prayer today. Maybe your prayer today might just be, God, I've, I've just bounced around. and make, Can you be so honest with God to say, God, help my lousy theology. I've been listening to everybody. I've been clicking on every video there is, and I've been swallowing up everybody's stuff. And Maybe your prayer today would be, God, help me to dial into where I know, not them. I know what I believe. And if I'm struggling with it, I will go to someone that I trust. And God, lead me to someone that can help build a strong theology in my life of who you are. We need that so much today. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus today and you're watching online, I started this whole thing with saying it's no accident that you're watching today. To come to a relationship with Christ is as simple and yet profound to say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I need you to be my leader and my friend. If you say a prayer like that, that simple, that straightforward, the Bible said, he is faithful, he will become your friend. He will lead you. And the church's job is to come around you and help you in those next steps. If you're in the room today and you need to make a fresh rededication of your life to Christ, maybe it's the first time, maybe first time, long time, you just take that connect card and say, I wanna come to Christ and we'll come around and we'll help you. Say that prayer today. But God, I pray for all of us today that we will know who you are with an incredible love. We will know who you are and have a strong, robust theology. And God, help us in everything we face from this moment to this afternoon to next week to next year and know that we can be grateful because we know who you are. You know us. You care about us, and you're active in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, that was a lot. Jesus had to catch a few more tears in the bottle. Hey, uh, uh, if you just stand with me today, there's a prayer wall that's going to be open. 
And uh, there'll be people there that love Jesus and would love to pray with you. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being here today. Don't leave this room if you'd just like somebody just to pray with you. Maybe something's connected with your heart. Again, that's not us. That's, that's Jesus. You might want to do that. To all the fathers today, I just want to say happy Father's Day. The girls on Mother's Day got popcorn. And so by popular demand, we're giving the dads popcorn. Mom, don't touch it. This is for dad. And not only do we have some caramel corn, <laughs> we have pipple, pick, <laughs> start that again. Last week I wet the bed. This week you never know what's going to happen. Pickles and popcorn. I don't know. It's as close as we get to bacon. Ah, but it's, it's for real and it's pretty good. Some of you guys salty. I'm telling you right here, pickles and popcorn. Articulate pickles and pop. Happy Father's Day. We're so grateful for you. And, uh, you know, last week we had a group out at Carlton. Every other Sunday we're going to be in Carlton and uh, a covered soccer field. Pastor Clint, incredible team. Yeah, give him, a, give him a hand. So, oh, don't show them the donuts. Everybody will want to go. That's not fair. Jeez, I didn't know about the donuts. Here's the deal. Uh, God's led us to do something in God's led us to do something in Carlton. He's led us to do something in Carlton every other week. Next Sunday, Pastor Clint will be back there with the team. We're preaching the same messages, two locations. It's awesome. Thank you if you were there and helped. Uh, thank you if you've been praying a long time. It's starting to happen. Can I tell you? It's starting to happen. Amen. Amen. Until I see you again, I pray that God would bless you and keep you. I pray that he would turn his face towards you. He would shine his countenance on your life. Nobody knows like him. Nobody cares like him. And nobody can order your steps like him. Trust him today. I will love you, Lord. God bless you as you go live the life. Hey guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.